What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. I've got another eight-figure entrepreneur on the call today. It is gonna be an amazing show. You guys do not wanna miss this. We talked about the owner finance model that he uses in South Carolina. We also went through the event, and he even shared a takeaway from Damon John that I didn't hear during the couple hours that he was with us. So I learned a ton, and I know you will too. I'm gonna roll the theme music, and then I'll be back with Vaughn Bethel. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity, and that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody, we are back with another show and I'm really excited to talk to Vaughn Bethel today. We just got back from our Eight Figure Entrepreneur group, our uh, mastermind retreat, and we're going through some of the takeaways so you guys can have this uh, trickle-down effect, this uh, you don't actually have to be there and maybe you'll get a nugget or two that'll help you with your business and your life and uh, go through the kind of journey through some of their eyes. And what's interesting is everybody has a different perspective, so I'm excited to hear Vaughn's. Vaughn, welcome back to the show, man. How are you? Oh man, I'm doing doing great. Thanks so much for having me back on, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's been really cool to kind of follow your journey from uh, coming into the group like a year before Flip Hacking Live, seeing you on stage and the growth that you've had, and then also you jumping into this eight figure entrepreneur mastermind and spending a week with you guys and you specifically in Boulder City. Um, it's been really cool. So um, I, I'm sure you were just on the show recently talking about. Um, driving for dollars and your system, which is amazing. You presented on it at Flip Hacking Live. Why don't you just give everybody a reminder of who you are and, um, and where you work, what you do. And then what we'll do is we'll put a link to the show notes of your last show so they can go back and listen to that one and catch up if they need to. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm Vaughn Bethel. I'm here in Greenville, South Carolina. And, uh, you know, majority of what we do is owner financing to end buyers. So, um, you know, for most people, if they're, you know, watching this show and they're wholesalers or flippers, um, we get most of our deals from deal machine or driving for dollars. Um, so that's why, how we source our deals. Um, but once we get them on the contract, the biggest thing that we're looking at is, you know, what's the best exit strategy, whether that's wholesaling is, uh, you know, holding it as a, you know, buy and hold or rental. But the main, the most important thing, our core purpose is to provide that dream of home ownership through non-traditional financing. So, what we're looking at is we have this long waiting list of people that can't get traditional financing through, through a bank for whatever reason. And that's not just, you know, credit score or whatever. Um, you know, maybe they need a year or two years or three years just to get their affairs in order. But what we're looking at is can we buy that property, fix it up, make sure the bones are good. So not an HGTV fix, but, you know, put a new roof on it, new HVAC, no foundational issues, you know, clean it out, paint and carpet and then give them a home that has solid bones that they can make their own. So we do a lot of owner financing. So uh, let's let's run through that. If anybody's listening okay. that doesn't understand the owner financing model, what does a typical deal look like for you in that model? So I'm looking for deals, like most of our purchase prices when we get on the contract are under 100,000. And that's in our market. You're not, gonna, you're not gonna find that in LA or anywhere like that. But in our market, most of our contract prices are under 100,000. So we're looking for properties that we can go in and put 15 to $20,000 into it. Um, so like if, if the roof is in good shape and has at least 10 to 15 years left on it, we'll probably leave the roof as long as there's no active leaks. Um, but most of the time we're going in and replacing a roof. Um, we're making sure that the HVAC is in good working order or putting a new one in if it needs it and making sure that there's no foundational issues. And if there is, we make sure that they're fixed 
um, before we ever give the house to a buyer or, you know, an end buyer and make it their in home. So, and then we're going to clean it out, paint and carpet. And then uh, what I'm looking for as an investor is something that I can create typically around about 50% or $50,000 of equity in. So if I buy it at $50,000 and I have, I put 15 in it and I'm at $65,000, I want to be able to sell that property on owner finance at about $115,000. Okay. So you fix it up. You're in 65 at this example, right? Mm -hmm. And then what do you do? You go out and promote it as a, are you selling it? Are you doing a, a lease option or what, how, what's the structure of it? Well, it all depends. Uh, you know, we have a long waiting list right now of about 192 people. I think I was looking at it today. Um, but that, you know, they want to be a homeowner. They have a substantial down payment and they can afford the monthly payments, but they just can't get that uh, green light from the bank. So for those people, we're typically looking to sell it outright. So we're looking to collect a down payment, uh, take back a note and become the bank. And so we're looking, can we cash flow on the property? Um, right now, uh, our average cash flow is about $582 per month. Um, the down payment then becomes our assignment fee. So that goes back into the company, you know, to pay commissions, operating expenses and things such as that. But I'm usually holding at least thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars of equity on the back end of that. So if I when I if, if everything goes well and we do what we're supposed to do and they do what they're supposed to do, in three to five years they're in a position to go get traditional financing and refinance us out. So we have a third payday there. Okay, this is interesting to me because I, I understand this model, but I want to make sure the listeners understand it too. So you, you've got $65,000 that you're all in for. You go out mm -hmm. and market the property for $115,000 for sale. What is a down payment on something like this at $115,000 purchase price? Well, typically uh, our minimum is 12%, but this last year in 2021, we averaged $20,000 down payment. Um, okay. so, and, and then we're financing that property anywhere from 8 to 10%, depending on their credit worthiness and the length or the amount financed. Okay. So we got $115,000. They put $20,000 down as an example. So now we mm -hmm. have what? Uh, 80, uh, 95, $95,000. Yep. And so at $95,000, that's their note. Uh, yep. and then how long is the term? So uh, yeah, we yeah, we do a 30 year amortization. Okay. Okay. So 30 year amortization, amortized loan, and they're paying somewhere between eight and ten percent interest. <clears throat> Correct. What what kind of financing do you got? Do you have under under uh, the underlaid financing on that? So the sixty five thousand is that a private money lender that came in and lent you that money? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So we're going after private money. Um, you know, people like us um, that you know maybe we don't want to be active investors as far as landlords. Um, so we're looking to make a good return and have that return secured by real estate. So we put our private money partners in first position. Um, we give them a good return that's average, you know, around what the stock market averages over a 10 year period. Um, but the biggest thing is the steady rate of return. So we're going after the people that are more risk averse. Um, the people that when COVID hit and the stock market tanked for a little bit, um, maybe their blood pressure went up or they couldn't sleep at night. So those are the people that we're going after. And most of these people either have money sitting in that bank account whether that's a checking account or money market, or even a, in, a, in a 401k or IRA. So we help them understand that they can self-direct that money and, and set them up with a custodian. Okay. So what is, uh, what's a typical note like for them? Like, what are you trying to raise that at? Five or 6%, 7%? Like what's, what's on average, what you see? So right now we're averaging between six and 8% and it depends on the, the term of the loan anywhere from three to five years. So. Okay. So you're making monthly payments on that. 
Uh, interest mm-hmm. only? Are you doing interest only payments to them? Interest only. Yep. Okay. So you got interest only uh, uh, note. Let's call it six percent at sixty five thousand yep. dollars. Then you sell the property at one fifteen. You're charging 8% interest on that. So you have 2% spread, but your note is for 95 instead of 65. So you're making, uh, you're making, you know, it's not, it's not easy math to do, but you're on the, between 65 and 95, you got $30,000 there. That's all yours, right? At 8% interest. And then you're making the the Delta on uh, some structure of Delta between the six and the eight on the, on the other note. And then you also have the principal pay down that's coming to you. Uh, you have the $20,000 that goes in your pocket. And so you're getting paid the spread every month between the, uh, private money loan and the actual loan on the 95,000 to 8%. You're getting the $20,000 in your pocket on day one, and you have $30,000 equity on the back end, not including all the principal pay down that they're making over time. So if they don't end up buying the house, um, if you have to foreclose or take the house back or however you handle it, um, you are getting all that equity back and all the principal pay down that they've made and the down payment back. So a uh, really great model. It's amazing. I've actually interviewed a couple people uh, years ago um, that have done this stuff. We are doing something very similar in Kentucky right now, which has been very successful for us. And so uh, I wanted to go through that a little bit because I think there's some people that don't really understand this model. What are some downsides and some negatives that could um, that you might have to navigate in something like this. Some reason why somebody might uh, object and say, I don't want to do this because. Well, I guess, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but limiting beliefs, you know, not being able to, uh, not believing you can go out and raise money and get people on board of what, and, and believe in what you're doing. So that's one. Um, if you have a very high, like a assignment fee or, you know, uh, average deal profit, so if you're a fix and flipper and your average deal profit is pretty high and you're used to that and, and you're running your business off of those uh, that that amount of deal profit, then that could be something that you want to consider. Um, our average deal profit on assignments last year was about 18.5, and our average down payment on these uh, owner finance deals was 20. So it's very similar. Um, so we can kind of operate off the same you know income uh, deal profit there. So I mean, there's a number of different things to look at, and you know when you're getting people involved, um, you know you have to underwrite these people, right? You got to stay compliant with Dodd Frank, and so you have to go through a residential mortgage loan originator, and we typically uh, get our notes notes serviced. Um, so there's a lot of moving pieces to the puzzle that you know requires a lot of setup at the beginning, but once you get the system down. Um, you know, it's probably one of the best investment strategies that I've, I've come across. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's really great for cash flow. And the other cool thing that we haven't even mentioned yet is you can actually pay more than a lot of other people. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, one thing that I wrote down as you were talking is how can wholesalers, other wholesalers work with you, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think if you're a wholesaler in the South Carolina area or anywhere that Vaughn's going to be investing is you're investing in, you're going to want to get to know him because he can typically pay more than a landlord, typically pay more than a flipper if you have a wholesale deal. And so that's why people in Kentucky really love us. And why I like working with them is because we're finding the majority of our deals ourselves. But if a wholesaler has brought them to us or, or real estate agents brought them to us, the crappy houses they didn't want to fix up, as long as they fit our model, we can buy them. And all I have to do is raise money for them. So um, if you're a wholesaler, you're going to want to get to know these folks a lot, even more than the flippers and the, the landlords because you can usually pay a little bit more, um, especially for your assignment fees. So um, Absolutely. Yeah. Is, is uh, South Carolina a judicial or non-judicial state? Uh, it's ju- judicial. Okay. So I'm, I'm actually going through a foreclosure right now on one of my owner finance deals. It's in my IRA. 
Um, so, and in Florida, it can take a long period of time. It's been kind of a pain in the butt. So that's something that um, people need to consider is actually think, think through what it's like to have to take a property back. Uh, I've done a deed in lieu of foreclosure in the past um, on one of my hard money loans. And then in this case, I'm having to actually go through and foreclose because the guy's not a good guy. Um, he, he left the house about a year ago. He's been renting it out like by the day and by the week and not paying the mortgage. And so during COVID, I tried to, I tried to, um, um, I tried to evict and the judge uh, said that, um, I can't evict. So I have a land contract on the house. Um, and he, he declared that it was a, it was a mortgage. And so mm-hmm. I'm going, I'm going through foreclosure right now. So, uh, I'll yeah. let everybody know how that goes. Vaughn, I'll share some of the things, lessons learned that I had, but, um, yeah. effectively that's, it's going to happen. You do enough of these houses. It's, it's eventually going to be something that you do. And I bought that house for $13,000 and I've collected over $20,000 on it so far. So it's not the end of the world if I have to take it back. So exactly. Um, yeah. In South Carolina. Yeah. I think the average foreclosure costs about 2,500 bucks and it takes anywhere from three to five months. So we're, we're actually pretty quick on our end, but you know, getting that down payment covers the cost of that. Yep, exactly. And that's exactly, that, that's one of the, one of the things that I see people push back on, um, that and the, uh, RMLO. So needing yep. an RMLO to do this and you just need to find one who can do it, done it. And then also the note servicing and the bookkeeping and stuff like that. So, um, it's, it's, it's a really interesting model. And I think it, it, the cool part is your mission, right? Can you say your yeah. mission one more time? Yeah. It's to provide the pathway to home ownership through non-traditional financing. So uh, when you hear that, like the cool thing is we talked about marketing a lot at this eight figure event and dude, Vaughn has the opportunity to kind of blow up his company and his market, um, based on that right there, like that line, the cool thing that Vaughn, I'm going to keep working with you on this stuff is that line will get you on TV. It'll get you in the newspaper. It will get you, it can get you on CNN with stuff like that, like quotes like that, um, to really figure, like if you can, find a tagline like that that gets people to read, gets people to open things. It's interesting. It makes people scratch their head and say, what is he talking about? Um, it, it's, it's really cool. So you have a big opportunity with something like that. You have a, a great uh, mission there that, uh, that I think is really exciting. Uh, Thank you. All right, let's, yep. let's get to the event. Okay. <laughs> what did you think about the, um, what did you think about, what did you expect showing up at this eight-figure event? What was your ex- expectation for the week? Dude, I, you know, well, one thing is you guys always go over and beyond, right? Y- y'all are the epitome of over-deliver. So, you know, I was expecting a lie, right? And, you know, when we got there, <laughs> you still blew my mind, dude. And I knew we were going to a nice place. I mean, the the, the freaking compound that we stayed at was amazing. Um, but, you know, just the, the guests you brought in, uh, you know, how we went into a lot of personal as well as business development, um, which is what I really wanted and expected. Um, but still you went over and beyond. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but it, it, it was, I mean, it was game changing. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get the, to own the hashtag over deliver. So like, how do we just go above and beyond every time? And it's, it's not easy, right? Especially when we keep like raising the bar, I'm a little bit scared of what I'll have to do in the future for you guys. So, um, but this was the first one. This is really exciting. We went to Africa one year, like three years ago, and I never thought that we could top that, but this was, this was really cool. Um, so what about the first day? We worked with Bill Wilder on the first day. What were some of your takeaways uh, from that? Well, you know, a, a lot of it is, uh, you know, with Bill, it went into mindset, right? And the whole, the whole week was mindset. 
but him in particular, you know, with the cold water challenge and everything that we were doing, um, you know, you had, it's, it's amazing the power of the mind and how focusing on certain things, focusing on, you, you know, whatever it is that you want to release or focusing on whatever it is that you want to go after. So you using that animal instinct um, can block off all the negative things that you're think that you're feeling, you know, even physically. So when we did the cold water plunge, and being able to, he told one of the things I very distinctly remember was he said, focus right here, right here in the middle of your forehead, relax your eyes and how much our eyes are telling us both internally and externally. Right. So when we relax our eyes to people externally, you know, we're letting people in, we're letting people, you know, kind of build a relationship. We're taking down that wall. But uh, internally, when we focus on our eyes and we relax that as well, we're letting go of a lot, a lot of the negative things that are, you know, uh, we're holding inside and you know, that we're holding close to us. So that was that was one of the biggest things I took from Bill's um, second with us. Mm. Yeah, you talk about that that third eye, right? That area yep. that you kind of kind of focus there and really get get the breath work down and yep. think about like intentionally breathing. Like I see a lot of times I'll I'll be working, I'll be talking to Bill on a call and he'll just kind of like close his eyes and I'll see he's looking at that third eye area and focus there and just breathe as mm-hmm. I was as I'm talking to him and he's like yep. he's just it's it's very interesting. So um, it's something that I do a lot. In fact, I'm going to give uh, a quick tip to, for everybody that I, that I took and I've been executing on since then. Um, my mind races all the time and I used mm-hmm. to wake up and I still do wake up like really early. Like I'm talking three 4 o'clock in the morning. And when my brain switches on, I have not ever been able to go back to sleep. Like once mm-hmm. I start thinking about something, um, I have been, it's been impossible for me to relax. And so hopefully everybody that's listening to this, I know that this happens to you. I know that when your brain, you're crazy entrepreneurs, you're driven, you're a mile a minute, you're thinking in the future. Well, what I've been doing since I got back from there is I've been, I've been bringing that breathing into me trying to relax myself to be able to go back to sleep. And so far I'm three for three, like waking up really early. Granted one day I woke up at four o'clock and I had some, I watched a crazy YouTube video the day before about like growth and and development. And I had all these ideas. And and remember we talked about the subconscious, right? Like when in in the morning, in the evening, um, after a workout, those kind of things where your mind kind of like has things that are coming up and that's what happens in the morning. So I had all these great ideas. And so what I did was I did exactly what we're talking about. I just kind of closed my eyes and focus on my breathing and like really take some deep breaths, relax, and I've been able to go back to sleep all three times. The time that I woke up at like 3.30 or 4 in the morning recently, it took me about 40 minutes of this to get back to sleep. But I did, yeah. and I slept till 6.30. So like it's worth it. Like that, those oh, extra two hours were worth it for me. Um, yeah, it's funny and you say I, didn't that. Lose, I didn't lose the clarity. So I didn't lose yeah. the things that I was thinking about. I lost the detail, but I didn't lose yeah. the big picture stuff that I needed. Exactly. It's funny you say that because I'm a little bit different and it, it takes me a long time to shut my brain off and go to sleep. Once I go to sleep, I'm good. But going to sleep, you know, for the last, uh, you know, few months of it has been tough for me uh, because I got so many things running through my head. And I've actually been using the breathing at night to help me do that. And, and that's helped significantly. Perfect. Like it really is important. You can oxygenate your, your brain and your blood. Yep. And what it does is it just gets to the point where you can go to sleep. And I, it's been amazing. I'm so happy that I, I don't know, just one morning I was like, man, I can't get up at four o'clock again. Like, uh, I'm going to be super tired. I went to bed at like 10 30 or 11 that night too. So we're talking about like five hours of sleep. And so, oh, yeah. um, just, just close my eyes, deep breathing, 
Um, nothing crazy. Like I didn't have to put on uh, the Wim Hof uh, breathing techniques or anything. Mm -hmm. I just, I just took some deep breaths in and just repeated that for a little while. And that was it. I was asleep. It was wild. I, I've never been able to do that before. Um, I've even told people like, I give up. Once the light switch yeah. turns on, brain's on, I'm up and I, I'm yep. up I go. And that's, and usually what happens is I get into a cycle of like four days in a row of that yeah. instead of just like one time. So, um, what that allowed me, me to do is the next couple nights I, I was able to sleep till six, six thirty um, uh, regularly. So, uh, okay. Awesome. What about, awesome. the, what about the second day? Uh, uh, so the second, second and third day we did the second day, we went through like a lot of emotional stuff the first day, some deep work. And the second yep. day we took it easy. We talked about global beliefs. And then the third day we talked about CEO, COO and, uh, and marketing stuff. Absolutely. So the, sec the second day I was just sitting here looking at my notes and the, and the biggest thing is belief systems, right? And you really hit me on that second day is believing in yourself. Right. So there's a couple of things that uh, for me, you know, I've been really intentional with this business and creating a, a lifestyle business, something that, you know, I don't want to, you know, have too much time focused on the business and not enough on family. And we talk about balance all the time. Um, but in my head, you know, creating that lifestyle business means not doing too much. Right. And I had this belief in my head that, hey, no, I don't want to add this vertical because that's too much. It's going to take too much time away from me. Um, whereas the belief systems are, you know, some of the things that we focused on is that's, that's the wrong, that's head trash, right? Because not starting something or, or not going down a different vertical or, or realizing another opportunity can take away from the impact that you have on the world and the impact you have on other people. There's always ways to keep your time investment down, right? Whether that's hiring the right people or putting the right systems in place. But one of the things that, you know, when I started this business, I, I started realizing, I was like, well, the logical next step would be to start a construction company, right? This is early on in business. You know, everybody's picking, flipping and doing things. And, you know, even if you're a landlord, you're going to have things that need to be fixed or, roof, you know, you had to change out a roof or whatnot. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that because then, you know, I had to manage people and I got to get into project management and then contractors and subcontractors. But I had a, a huge moment of clarity when I was over there in, in Nevada where with this owner finance business that we're starting and we're, you know, we're scaling and it's, it's taken off. Well, every property that we take on, for the most part, needs a new roof, new HVAC, you know, needs some type of uh, renovation or construction. And right now, it's very hard to find contractors. So what's the best step to have that in-house? So it's just a belief system of, you know, hey, you know, let's get rid of some of the head crash and the negative talk that we all give ourselves and realize, you know, take out the word can't and how. What's the best way to do it? How to be the most efficient and not take away from your goals. And for me, that work-life balance is one of my major goals. I love that. I think that's sound advice for everybody who's kind of, because I've been there. I've been like, ah, you know, I don't want to do that. I, I loved, I wanted to create a giant um, owner finance business down in Pensacola. Like I actually bought, I bought a turnkey owner finance deal or, or bought a turnkey um, house from a company in Memphis to see their system. So I could, I could do turnkey rentals and owner financing down in Pensacola. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to run a property management company. Mm -hmm. Like I just, cause all the ones down there gave me trouble. I think there's a lot of stuff that I talk about. It's like, can't find good contractors, can't find good property managers, can't find good labor, can't, good help. Like I said the same uh, thing. Well, I can foster all that stuff, right? Like I can create that. I can bring in great people. I can bring in people that, that stay. 
Um, and that's, that's actually one of my superpowers, right? Yep. So that's, that's interesting that you say that. And so if you're out there listening and you're saying like, like what are the things that you're saying no to before you even say what if, or what yep. would it look like if, or what could this be, or what could it become? Is that the one thing that's stopping me from really growing and scaling something or get doing like having everything that I want? Um, yeah. And it's yeah, funny you say awesome. that because that's, that's, I said the same thing about property management. Um, so, but if you look at our roadmap for this year, we're starting a property management company, right? We're also starting a loan servicing and underwriting company because they fall right along in, the, in what we're doing with the owner finance. In the and, and I've talked to you about that and you're saying, mm-hmm. hey, I'm having trouble finding a company that can support us. Absolutely. Right? And Absolutely. right there is an opportunity. Yep. And so, you know, when, you know, when you focus, follow one course until successful, if you get really, really good at something, it's going to present other opportunities and those opportunities, you don't want to let them, you know, you don't want to slip by because I think what was that quote you said? Oh, it's, oh man, it's so powerful. Um, uh Oh, you still there? Yeah. I got there. Yeah. What was the quote? It was something about, uh, Oh, we leave so much money on the table. Right. All of us as business owners leave so much money on the table. And if we just go deeper in the areas that we focus on, we can make so much more money. Right? Yeah. Go deeper. And you say yep. that on day two. We were just talking about day two. Yeah, yep, we did. We uh, uh, we talked about like, are we just scratching the surface and, yep. or are we going deep enough in, in our areas to to make sure that we like what, what else could we be doing? And so a lot of times we will look at the next business opportunity instead of going deeper in the area that we are and just focusing yeah. on that and continuing. Uh, and, and there's a whole lot more uh, below the below the surface, right? And yeah, that, that was, that was I mean, I was talking about that because I need that myself. Like yeah. a lot of times we'll, we'll go look at lots of other opportunities, start more businesses, um, do different things, go to different markets when we haven't really gone deep enough and and made sure that we have sound fundamentals in all the areas that we're currently operating in. So we talked about, yeah, we talked about those like seven laws of business, um, which I and thought were r- really powerful. Absolutely. And there's one thing I just, uh, you know, want to make sure that I get out there too, is, you know, one of the things that I take back uh, from this, that event, and it was, I've been struggling with this for a long time and you mentioned it. And a lot of times we hear about our spirit influence, right? We're business owners. We're, you know, in seven figure flipping. Now we're an eight figure entrepreneur. And we think, you know, if you're like me and I know you are Bill and a lot of people that are going to be listening to this podcast, you know, we're, we're basically identified by what we do. So we're real estate investors, we're business owners. And we think that we've always heard this term. You're the average of the five people you hang around with the most, right? Or the five people you surround yourself with. So I've struggled with this thing for years that, Hey, I got to keep putting myself in a room with people that are, you know, have the same mindset that want the same growth that are in the same industry. And that's going to elevate me. But I have my family and friends over here that don't really understand the conversations I'm having or they when I get excited about real estate and investing because I love you know what I do, they don't really understand it. And you say, OK, well, do I need to change my friends or do I need to you know push away my family? And when we talked about that, you talked about you can actually have two different circles or three different circles or four different circles. You can have different circles for the things that you want to focus on. So this business, you want to surround yourself with those five people or that sphere influence that are like minded and have the same growth you know, mindset that you want to have in business. 
But over here, if it's family, you want to surround yourself with the, uh, with the people that you love and the people that love you back. And it might be not business. It might be spiritual. It might be emotional. It might be mental. So that was a game changer for me because I, I don't believe it or not. I don't know if you understood this, but I've been struggling with that for a long time. Mm, me too. You know, uh, so the person that really like made that stand out for me was a woman named Stacy Martino. Her and her husband, Paul, Stacy and Paul, they have relationship transformer um, company. So they tra- transform relationships and, and um, they came in and did a presentation to our runway and altitude members. And uh, so I, I bought their course a while ago and they, she, she has a, a tool that she uses called left hand, right hand. So you can put yeah. the people of your mastermind and your tribe and all the, all the people that are in your business world that, that want personal and self-development and all that stuff in your left hand. And then all your family and friends that could care less about all this crazy conferences and trainings and mastermind groups that you're in and podcasts that you listen to and books that you read and all that stuff. Like they don't want to hear that stuff. You put them in your right hand and you make sure that when you have, like you go to an event, you don't bring the information from the event and just basically like throw it on everybody in your right hand when you get home. And you really kind of separate those things. That was really powerful for me because I'll tell you the interesting thing that came out of the eight figure event that to this point that we haven't really discussed before. I hadn't thought about before. And I think you brought it up because you were talking about your spiritual life and, and, and your following God and going to church and all these things is that world. Like those people, if they're in your right hand or, or they're one of your other circles, like they have something that they can give you that they're really, really good at. So what I started saying was like, okay, well, my wife could really care less about all the conferences I go to, books I read, podcasts I listen to, but what is she doing for me? Like where is she really, really strong that I'm really, really weak where she is my mastermind area in that. She's my tribe when it comes to that thing that she does really, really well. The same thing with my friends. Like what do they have where they are so much better than me at something? And to think that I'm really high and mighty because I might be really good at what I do in business or I'm good with money or something like that. But there's so many weak areas that I have that other people are so much stronger. And I think you brought it up with some of your church groups and stuff like that. Like these people can actually be my mastermind in a whole nother area. And I don't have to bring my business stuff there. Like how can I open up and listen to them? I think about like a couple of my pastors, some of the guest pastors that we have, some of the, um, the senior leadership at our church. Like if I was in a group with 10 of them, I would be the one who like knows the least about the Bible, all the history, anything like that. Like they would be crushing me in that world. Right. And what kind of mastermind group would that be for me? Right. It has nothing to do with business and and all the other stuff that I do. So, uh, I thought that was really, really cool that you brought up there and that we went really deep in that area. And I saw a lot of light bulbs go off from that. For sure, for sure. Um, All right, man. There was so much, so much I took away. Dude, we are so we're running out of time. So what I want to do is I want to yeah. skip to the last day because I think the last day was pretty yeah. powerful for most people. So what about Dr. Shannon? Uh, her presentation on kind of the brain function and how that stuff works. What was that like for you? That was amazing. And, uh, you know, just, you know, reiterating the the brain priming or the things that we did with, uh, you know, Bill Wilder. And then uh, when she got into actually the the techniques, I think her session was the one I took the most actionable steps from. And, you know, just talking about your, your story, telling your story and then other things that, you know, probably the most powerful thing that I, I took a note on was you have to lean into resistance. And so many people stay in their little comfortable little box. Right. And that prevents so much growth, not just for you as a, as a business owner, but for your team and for your business and leaning into resistance and 
really getting down deep into why you believe that you can't do what you envision you want to do. And that was extremely important. So yeah, we can do, you know, the, the, what was it? The, the success manifesto, right? You know, that was amazing. But on the other end of that, you know, we can, we can talk ourselves into existence and think that we want to do, but really getting clear on why you believe or envision that you, you can't do something. And then writing that story and then using that kind of almost becoming an attorney or a lawyer and fighting for the reason why you can. Mm. Yeah, it was. I love that. I wrote that all over. Like I have it all starred and highlighted that lean into resistance piece was was interesting. You're always going to face that. And whether you lean in or lean out was was really powerful. Um, Yeah, a lot of people have said so I've interviewed quite a few people now. And they've said that she was one of the most impactful people to come. And I'm really like, you don't know how close it was to her not being able to make it. So it was like last minute. She's like, oh, you know, I was able to change one call and now I can come. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> so it, was, cool. it, was, it was life changing that she was able to make it. So, yeah, I'm going to make sure that she knows that because um, it, it was it was really, really powerful. I thought she did an amazing job and, and I got so much from it, too. Um, and then yeah. we had a guest speaker, uh, Damon John. What do you think about him? Dude, that was amazing. How you pulled that off? <laughs> I'm sitting there. I had no idea, and nobody had any idea. But when you're, when I didn't even realize it when you were playing the video until about a minute left or like two minutes in, and I was like, I started thinking. I was like, there's no way he would have Damon John here, dude. And then, and then Chauncey walked down, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, he's bringing in a you know guest speaker that knows Damon John really well and can tell us a little bit of you know give us a little insight into his mindset. And then when he, when you said, would you like to meet him? And he walked down the stairs. Dude, that's like if you're a sports fan, that's like Shaq walking down the stairs, right? It was amazing. Shaq's next, by the way. So that'd be awesome. Sweet. I'm going to hold you to uh, that. Yeah, yeah, but only if everybody tries on his shoes. Um, the, uh, you know, it's funny. Chauncey was kind of like pushing his way down the stairs. So Chauncey is, is like his, I, I would say his handler, but he really is more than that. He was a, um, he, he was a really amazing guy. I talked to him for a while. He's a marketing uh, expert that they use there, but also kind of follows him around and, and goes with him to all these events and stuff like that. And so he came, He was like pushing his way down the stairs. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Like the, the, the video's not over. He's like, it's almost over. Let's go. And he walks down. Everybody looks at him and I could tell they were confused. <laughs> like this, not Damon. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I should have made a joke about it and be like, exactly what you said. Like, this is, hey, I brought somebody who knows Damon, so he's going to tell a story. <laughs> yeah. He's really close with Damon, so he's going to yeah, tell us a little bit into his mindset. Yeah, he's going to tell some of Damon's stories. Um, yeah. And then uh, I realized Damon was like a little bit further up the stairs, and so he came down. It was, it was really cool. Um, a little bit overdressed, I thought, in a, a pretty awesome suit. He was looking good with his tie, um, and we were all in like, bathing suits and sandals. Yeah, that's one thing I was like, man, you had to, you had to give us some type of warning bill. Cause we, I'm in sweats, you know, sweatpants and t-shirt and everybody's dressed down in bathing suits and flip flops. Yep. And it'll show up in all the side-by-side pictures that you guys got and stuff. But uh, exactly. I don't know how I kept the secret either, man. It was, uh, it was really hard. I'm not, I'm not great at keeping secrets about stuff like that and really exciting things. Um, and I just want to tell all my friends and family and everybody. And it was it was a challenge to only have like a couple people know. So, um, well, two things. So I mean, yeah, two yeah. things. I, I mean, I really got from Damon was, uh, you know, he, he we always hear the the terminology OPM, right? And you know, everybody assumes other people's money, especially in the real estate investment space, right? But he he said, 
it's not just about other people's money. We want to surround ourselves with OPM, other people's mindset, other people's mental capacity. And there's so many other things that OPM stands for besides just money. Yes, money's great when you're in real estate investing, um, but that, you know, mindset and mental capacity, you know, if you surround yourself with the right people and the right team, they can get you a lot further than you can get yourself. So that was, that was extremely important. And then the last thing is, you know, we were talking about obviously him being on Shark Tank and what he looks for in raising money and things like this, that. And, and I asked him about, you know, me raising money for, um, you know, owner financing and having to go after more so private lenders as opposed to, you know, hard money or institutional money and things such as that. And uh, whether it's, you know, going after private lenders or not, he said, tell your story. You know, tell your story and people will invest because of you, your story and what you're trying to do. So I thought that was extremely powerful. I love that. And it really ties back to the th- the th- what we talked about on day three in the pool, where we talked yep. like four hour conversation about marketing. And yep. I'm really excited for the opportunity that you have in what you're doing in your mission to tie that back to, um, to telling that story, because there's going to be a lot of people that want to get on board that train and, and see the future, see the mission are really excited about it. Uh, cause you know, people invest in people they know, like, and trust, and then, and also causes that are driving in that same direction that they believe in. So, um, that was really cool. I'm, you know, I love doing these interviews because I didn't hear that from Damon, the OPM. Uh, like, I don't know if I was focused on like the next question that I had to ask or, or something like that. Like the whole time that I'm doing an interview, like I, I didn't have my notebook. I didn't get yeah. to take notes. I get to go back and watch it again on, on a replay to try to fi- like take my notes from it, but I didn't hear that. So I, that, I mean, that's amazing. I love that other people's mindsets. I mean, that's exactly what we do in the mastermind, right? We get around other people at that event. We were elevating each other's mindsets, uh, their, their thought patterns, their belief systems, all of us just challenging each other to say, why do you do that? Like, why do you say that? Why do you think like that? Um, that, you know, I don't know that I would do this. I might go this direction or, hey, I, I went yeah. down that path. These are some of the, the landmines that I hit. Just watch out. Maybe chart your course a little bit differently. And uh, I think that's what these these groups are and these events are. So I love that. Absolutely. I didn't... Um, I didn't hear that either. So uh, being yeah, able to do these powerful. interviews, I get to like relive it, you know, it is very powerful. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody, um, you know, we have, we have an event coming up in April. I love these events. Uh, we left this one. We're going to an event in Cancun, uh, Mexico. It's going to be an amazing mastermind group. There's a lot of people out there that listen and just say, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm really cool on the podcast or YouTube channel or read the books and those kind of things. Like $25,000 a year is crazy. Uh, the fact that you guys pay 50 is absolutely insane. Um, it really is just, I don't know. I don't know what the value is. Like, what do you get from something like this? And what would you say to somebody that's kind of on the fence? Dude, if you're on the fence, it's a no-brainer. Just go ahead and do it. Um, you know, now that I'm in the in the investing world in real estate investing, um, we we like to call ourselves investors, right? But if you have to think twice about investing in yourself and your business, then you're not really an investor. So many people will go invest twenty five thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars into a property, and you know, to get you know a ten percent return, twenty percent return, thirty percent return. But investing in yourself and your business is going to give you multiples of that. I mean, it's going to give you magnitude. And for me, the first year I joined uh, Seven Figure Altitude, I invested $30,000 or $25,000 and it added a million dollars to my gross profit in one year. So the return on that is tremendous, but I also got to put myself in a room with like-minded individuals that have, you know, the same growth mindset 
and you know we have access to each other so i mean it's a no-brainer just go ahead and do it and stop thinking about it there's no better investment than in yourself and in your business you know it took me a long time to realize that and so like to hear just go do it it can be a challenge so you might have to hear it like six times seven times eight mm-hmm. times nine times before you hear it the first time right and so um i would just challenge anybody out there i, I think the, the the interesting thing that i've learned in investing in myself and doing these events and and having these mentorships and things like that is the return you mentioned like a multiple it's like infinite return like nobody can take that Absolutely. from me you can take the property from me you can take the money out of my bank account but you can't take away my experiences and yep. and and the knowledge and so, so that's something that i really had to figure out after years like it even took me a couple of years of being in seven figure flipping to really realize that i was constantly like like what am i going to get like if i if i yeah. if i pay $25,000 how much more money did i make you know and in the beginning that's kind of what i needed to keep going like hey i'm seeing a return here but over time now like i'll buy like there's a course that there's a, there's a group that I want to join right now, like a mentor. Uh, it's $55,000. And I, I'm sitting here like, like I, you know, I want this thing and now I'm trying to figure out how to justify it logically, but I know the return will be millions of dollars. Like that information oh, yeah. that I get a couple tactics, a couple things, a couple, just, just one off comments will make me hundreds of thousands of dollars in in the business structure and model that I have right now, right? It wouldn't have made sense for me to do five, six years ago. And so looking at it right now saying, okay, that's actually what I need to get to the next point. It's like, it becomes a no brainer for me. The $150,000 mastermind that I joined, I was like, I showed up for a $50,000 mastermind and I said, look, if you'll let me in the 150, I'll, I'll just give you that instead. And they were like, yeah, you definitely, you qualify for that after talking to me for a few minutes. I was like, all right, I'm in. Like it was seriously was like, a five-minute conversation. Um, That was $100,000 more than what I showed up to pay. Um, And I just knew the value was there already. So what that that guy had to do was give me so much value up front that when I started talking to him, uh, um, I was ready, you know? And so for anybody that's on the fence, I feel like we might not have done enough for you, given you enough value. You don't see enough value here. So I would say just dive in a little bit deeper. Learn more about us. Learn more about me. Learn more about the people that are in the group and the community and all the things that we do. And hopefully you're doing that from this podcast. Go back and listen to some other episodes. But that's probably what needs to happen for you, for you to shift that. And so the amount of time that it takes for you to do that is going to be the key. That's the key between, like Vaughn said, you adding an extra million dollars this year or just two years from now when you finally make the decision to do it. So my push is always like, just make a decision. It's either a yes or a no and get off the fence. And um, that's what I'd recommend everybody that's listening. Um, How can, uh, how can people find more about you, Vaughn? Maybe they want to get, maybe they want to do some uh, private money lending with you. Maybe they want to get involved, maybe wholesale you some deals. Like what are you looking for and how can they help? Uh, well, as far as, uh, you know, getting in touch with me, yeah, I'm really on Facebook. Um, that's the main social media platform that I'm on. So if you just go get on uh, Facebook and search Vaughn Bethel, I mean, there's not many on there. Uh, so if it's, uh, if there's more than one, it's probably an account that I started a long time ago and didn't figure out how to shut it down. Uh, so message me on Facebook. Um, if you want to know more about my business and what we do it's REI junkies, uh, which stands for real estate investing junkies, um, REI junkies.com and, uh, go on there and you can kind of get a, uh, a quick walkthrough of our business and providing that pathway to home ownership. And uh, there's also a uh, lender sign-up form on there where you can just go in there and uh, request to speak to me and uh, talk about what your goals are and and uh, what we can do for you and uh, what you guys can do for us and how you can be involved. Awesome. I love it. 
Um, all right, if you're out there and you're like, hey, I want to hang out with Vaughn, I want to hang out with Bill, I want to hang out with the other eight-figure entrepreneurs, the other Altitude members, the other Runway members in Cancun, or any of our other masterminds, you can go to sevenfigurealtitude.com. Check us out. We'd love to have you. It's as simple as filling out an application, just putting in some info, and then talking to my team. Like, no pressure sales call. It's not like that. Um, the cool thing is they will also send you uh, some different things to do to talk through some personality profiling, uh, a couple other things. And then at the end of the call, it's like, hey, this is where this is kind of where you are. You're maybe just listening to the podcast and, and subscribing to the YouTube channel is where you need to be right now. Um, and then, you know, maybe it's come to Flip Hacking Live. Maybe it's, hey, you're ready for altitude. You should join. Um, here, here's what that looks like. So um, we'll put you in the right place. It's more of a consultation than anything, um, than a really big sales conversation. So uh, we'd love to have you if it makes sense for you and it makes sense for us. If we're a fit, we'll extend an invite and uh, maybe we'll be hanging out down in Cancun talking about uh, all the details and stuff like that that we just uh, saw at the Eight Figure uh, event and rub shoulders with some of these folks that are doing multiple millions of dollars a year. Uh, and we can get you there too. So Vaughn, thanks for hanging out with us, man. I really had a good time. And uh, dude, you taught me some stuff that I didn't even realize that that happened at the event uh, as I was facilitating. Sometimes I miss a few things. So thank you. My pleasure, man. It's always a pleasure and I uh, hope you have a great day. You too. All right, everybody. I will see you on the next show. Go to sevenfigurealtitude.com. Drop an application. We'd love to talk with you. And uh, I'll see you on the next show. Bye.